When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Marriage Therapy Radio. This is Zach Brittle. I'm here with Laura Heck. A couple weeks ago, I went on a road trip, got to listen to this really cool book about the purpose of marriage. Um, Sort of what's it for? How does it work? How do you optimize it? Um, How's it different than it used to be? And what trends are important to be paying attention to? I think it's a huge question, um, one that we're going to bat around. I hope you'll stick with us. Thanks. Hey, good morning. How's it going? Good morning. Good. Wonderful. What are you doing? You know what I'm doing? No. I'm That's why I'm I asked you. Doing pro- I'm doing product development. I ha- I feel like so inspired. Do you remember when I told you I went through this like period of inspiration or a uh, lack of inspiration, yes. my uninspired time? Yep. yep. Um I I am the opposite of that. I am like on fire with all of these ideas and I'm pretty much sure I am going to retire on all of these products that I'm going to develop in the next 30 days. Okay, good. Yeah. Yep. You Very know, excited. I um I need to get excited about something. I'm not feeling a lack of inspiration, but I do. I decided the other day I really want a new hobby. Um, mm-hmm. I need a hobby because I'm. I everything I do is related to either my family or my practice or the you know the podcast. Um, and, and my I family gave is great. You a suggestion. My family is great. I gave great. you a suggestion. Uh, your suggestion yeah. was okay. Um, I thought it was perfect for you. Which one? The beer I one. Really did. Yes, you could like make beer no. out in your little your little clubhouse nest in your backyard. No, no. you love beer. No, I, I, that's maybe part of the problem. Is I I don't want I want something that's like not going to make me fat or crazy or something. You know what? I, but here's what I've decided. Mm. I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna try magic. Okay. <laughs> I think I'm gonna learn magic. You know, you should have decided that when you were in, uh, because I, I, okay. So I, I went on to Fox 13 the other day and in the green room, what were two magicians and I am notorious for listening in on people's conversations when they don't know I'm eavesdropping. Okay. So I'm notorious for that. And I was eavesdropping and, um, and I just think that magicians are a little weird. These two dudes were pretty strange and one had a very cool Austrian accent but it didn't change the weird stuff that was coming out of his mouth. I just think magicians are odd. So maybe you should go after But did he did they do some tricks? Um he levitated? No, he didn't. No. I like Yeah, I, he I, didn't. He didn't. I'm talking about levitate. like sleight of hand and all that stuff. I don't, Yeah. Like, I yeah. think that's cool. I want to learn about that stuff. Okay. Well, I mean, let me know how that hobby goes. I will. All right. I'm not as excited about the beer making as the yeah. All right. Wait, you well, like you like you, magic better. No, I don't like magic better. I like I like beer making. I have a buddy that made an amazing. Um, so I, w- you and I are both fans of in- Indian pale ales, and he made a grapefruit Indian pale ale, and it was to die for. Okay. He also made a jala- jalapeno one. Yeah. And I I think he is probably like ten times cooler because he's <laughs> making beer in his backyard, and your cool factor could go up, but if you choose. To do sleight of hands, I really honestly think that your cool factor is going to go down. <laughs> and I just, I don't want to be responsible for that. All so right. I'm going to advise against it. All right. Sounds, that's fair. 
All right. So tell me, you were giving me some ideas. You were saying that there's something that has really been on your mind when you're working with couples lately. So tell me what it is. Yeah, uh, no, um, I'm about halfway through this book and I really want to finish it. Um, but what's been really fascinating about it is it's kind of been this um, study in the anthropology of marriage and the history of marriage. And it kind of basically kind of maps out that as recently as 150 years ago, marriage was about necessity. You know, we needed somebody in the field and somebody in the house and somebody had to farm mm -hmm. the food and somebody had to serve it and trade it and raise the kids and make sure. And there was really this kind of um, one of the anecdotes was about Abraham Lincoln even and how after his mom died, his dad was like, what am I going to do? And so he just went to like Kentucky and found a lady and said, you'll, you, I'm going to, you're going to be my new wife. And she had kids mm -hmm. and they put it together because they had to. And, you know, and then the industrial revolution came along and machines helped people. Hold on, hold more. on. I have a question. What? I have a question about this. What? So this guy, his wife dies. In childbirth. And yeah. was he looking, oh, in childbirth. So he needed a woman to procreate. No, he that needed, was basically, and he already had two kids and he was like responsible for the farm and he had nobody at the house. So he had to go so, get a wife uh -huh. to kind of yes. complete the equation so they could run and be a mm -hmm. part of the society. The other thing was like, if you okay. were a woman and you weren't married, you were like not that connected to the world. I mean, you just were, you just mm -hmm. didn't have a really clear role. Mm -hmm. Anyway, then the industrial just revolution comes along and, and work becomes a different thing. It's not reliant strictly on labor. Um, it's not reliant strictly on human labor. And then, and then the sexual revolution comes along and women become more empowered and more clear about what they want out of relationships and out of the world. And, yeah. you know, as recently as when I got married, which was in 1997, marriage was... Um, 30 years ago, right? 21. Just kidding. 21? Mm -hmm. 21. Um, marriage was sort of a symbol that you had reached adulthood. Like, oh, now I'm an... I, I, I'm, I'm, how do I know I'm an adult? Well, I got married. Right. And then I got kids. Right. And then I got kids. And I think in the community that we live in now, marriage is really a thing that you do once you've decided you're an adult. Kind of go, okay, I've done college, I've gotten my job, I've dated around, I've tested the waters a little bit, I feel good, I'm ready yeah. to, so I think now I'm going to get married. And it's not your entry into adhood. It's once you're an adult, then yeah, it's, then you yeah, it's decide a, it's whether or not you want to It's almost a declaration of adulthood, yeah. Anyway, mm -hmm. I, this conversation has been fascinating for me with couples because it basically begs the question of what choice are you making about marriage like what do you think marriage is about what's it for what's the purpose right because it's not right. the purpose isn't to stay alive anymore um mm -hmm. or to be a be even a respectable member of the community it's gotta it's gotta have some other basis and i find that couples struggle to answer this question i i was gonna argue i was gonna argue with that but i'll let you continue well i mean i just find that couples um couples struggle to answer this question i say what's the purpose like what are we doing this for like why what is what is the what is the goal we are chasing? Because for some people it's it's just uh, companionship. For some people it's love. For some people it's wealth building. For some people it's um, you know whatever. And I think if you don't know, then you're going to have a hard time gaining any real traction in a in a say a therapy process um, because we don't know what the what the purpose is. Anyway, this mm -hmm. is a conversation I've been having with couples the last week or two because. You, I think you need to know. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I've been kind of thinking as you've been talking about this is of, well, first of all, going back to whether or not being married, whether you are a respectable person of society, I still think that there is a large stigma that is placed on on individuals that do not 
pair in a quote unquote marriage. They may be um, in these relationships uh, like serial monogamous, where they choose to be with one partner for five years and you know they're 40, 45, 50, and they're sort of swapping up their partners, serial, serial monogamous. I still think that there is a stigma attached to human beings that do not pair. Um, I have a gentleman friend who is also a therapist and he's single. And I actually just checked in with him recently and said, are you, know, are you with somebody right now? Um, and he said, no. And I remember talking to him and he was basically saying, especially in the LDS community, that it is a very weird thing. When you get to a certain age, people think, what's wrong with you if you've never married? Mm. And him being especially in the LDS community where marriages take place in the first few years of your 20s, him being closer to 40, uh, if not 40 at this point, is is weird. Mm -hmm. So I kind of I have to disagree that I still think that in order to basically be viewed by society there is still a placement on marriage as being Yeah, the norm. no, I don't disagree with that. I mean, I think I think you're right. I mean, even I was having a conversation with a friend the other day who's divorced and has been dating a little bit and has been kind of owning the fact that he's not willing to choose any of these people that he's been dating. And mm-hmm. um and in part it's because of a mindset shift for him where there was a time in his life in his 20s when he felt like in order in order to be whole, he had to be married. Um, and now he's right. realizing, like, I don't need to be married to be whole. I can still be me and enjoy relationships and kind of figure out what yeah. it what it is that I want out of a relationship and maybe not have to. Um, but but no, I don't disagree. I think I think you're right. The there just is to, some just stigma. to check that box. There is some yeah. stigma, but there is also like I think a lack of clarity um, about what people are trying to accomplish when they want to work mm. on their marriage. Yeah. I I was thinking about uh, reasons why certain couples have told me that they are together and where they necessarily see sort of things being broken. And one couple recently came to me and they say all these things. They say, we deeply love each other. We are one another's best friends. We play. So they have this deep companionship. Um, they have joined families. So this was two, two divorcees that came together and they blended their family. But they said, but the sex is, is not there. The mm-hmm. passion's not there. I'm just not sexually attracted to this person. Mm-hmm. And so in my mind, what they're saying is marriage should be friendship and companionship, but it also should be in their mind. The definition is that it should be passion mm-hmm. and there should be a sexual attraction to one another. And I've also had many conversations with people where the biggest goal in life is to find the best friend. And I grew up with this school of thought of you marry your best friend. And I don't know about you, but I have had many a friends in the past where I have not had any sexual attraction to them at all. Mm-hmm. And if that was the case, then I was going to marry someone that I could play with and have a wonderful time and, and companionship with. But was not sex was not a priority of the relationship. Yeah. So and and shouldn't be. Well, and and so this is the this is where I think it comes back down to um again, like if if 150 years ago, 200 years ago, marriage was about survival and right now it's about choice. My yeah. my question for couples is what choice are you making? You know, so let's just take you and Ryan just as a as a case study and say that he's sure. a, he's a great guy that you're sexually attracted to, maybe not your best friend. Uh, you know, and okay. relative to other best friends that you've had, but then you made a choice. You made a choice to go, you know what? I'm going to 
lean into friendship with this guy. I'm going to lean mm-hmm. into um, trading off some of the natural um, sort of connection that I might feel with this, my next door neighbor for life or whatever it is, you know, and, yeah. and choose something, something extra. Um, mm-hmm. I tell couples a lot that um, I think, um, you know, there are three things that couples do, healthy couples do every single day. They say to each other that, that I like you, I'm interested in you and and you can count on me. You can trust me. And I do think that can be a good friend. That can be a good friend or a good roommate. But you're right. There's right. a there's a fourth thing, which is I choose this with you. I choose intimacy with you. I choose this path with you. I choose this relationship with you. But that has to be explicit, I think, in order for the for the relationship to have any basis for growth. Um, you have to know, mm-hmm. you have to finish the sentence, right? I choose what? Mm-hmm. I choose mm-hmm. why, well, how are we going to do that? You know, that those questions get opened up when you're clear about what it is that you're looking for. Yeah. You know, I was also thinking about um, now there is certainly an evolution of not putting so much pressure on your partner to fulfill all of the needs that you need in partnership. Yeah. When you think about a partner, you think about someone who, you can kind of lay down all of your stressors and talk about those things. You can uh, rely on your partner to be someone who's going to fulfill you sexually. You can rely on your partner that is going to pick you up when you're feeling down. You can rely on your partner to be your spiritual guide and your spiritual companion. And it just puts so much pressure on the relationship. And now I really think that we've evolved to this place where we're recognizing that we as human beings don't have to do everything like we did on the farm. We yeah. are not washing all of our clothes. We now have a dry cleaner. We are, some of us aren't even preparing our own meals. They're being delivered by Blue Apron. This, this episode, episode is brought Mar- to you by Blue Apron. No, for me, my example of what you're describing right now is that Rebecca is the perfect partner for me. But you know what I don't, we don't do is talk about books. <laughs> like, I'm in this book group, this online book group that is incredibly stimulating yeah. for me right now because it's a diverse group and there's some girls and guys from high school and college that I'm talking with about different things that we're reading. And um, that's incredibly stimulating for me. And if I needed Rebecca mm-hmm. to do that, she wouldn't. And if I punished right. her for it, then I would start to, you know, kind of go, well, I guess I'm just going to go find a, somebody interested in books. And then, yeah. and then I would be giving up all of this other stuff, this incredible partner, this incredible mom, this incredible right. um, like friend and uh, someone who does stimulate me spiritually and, and emotionally. Um, and I think, again, mm-hmm. that's where even the, the, the question for me is like, I'm still choosing. I'm still choosing right now um, yeah. to make some trade-offs. Um, and I know what that choice is based in, which is that, right. um, that we we have a very clear shared definition of what it means to be to be married, yeah. you know, and um, yeah. to each other. I don't know. I just want that for mm-hmm. couples. And it's what, it's the question I've been pressing for them for, for a while this, since I've started. Um, know what you're choosing, know your why. Yeah. I mean, just, I mean, or even just know what the purpose of marriage, like that's a, I think it's an interesting anthropological question. Mm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. what is the purpose of marriage? Right. You know? Huh. Yeah, I mean, that it's really interesting because I have this like big gap of silence thinking, what would I consider the purpose of marriage being? 
that ingrained in me from a very early age, my purpose of marriage was to marry for friendship. And that's absolutely 100% what I did is that when I met my husband, we became friends and we stayed friends and we never fell out of friendship. Our Mm -hmm. friendship basically evolved into a sexual connection where we were Mm -hmm. like, oh, okay. So we're, we're interested in each other more than just these uh, platonic friends. But um, that's what I married for. And I lucked out because I got a lot of other things. I really do think I lucked out in this because Mm -hmm. I was so early on and I didn't necessarily know what I was choosing at the time. But if I was to be much more intentional. Yeah. And this is where I think like, um, this is where I think sometimes couples get in trouble is that they were unlucky. They married someone who Mm -hmm. had a different idea about the purpose of marriage. Um, Mm -hmm. and they found out too late. And so for pre-marriage, it's a really important question. And I think for couples who are engaging in a therapy process, it's an important question. And and what you're describing is, is wonderful. And it's, and it is what it is. And it's super different than Abraham Lincoln's dad, who was like, <laughs> I need to grab somebody who can help me, you know, feed and fuel an economy and a family and a system that has certain yeah. rules. And um, and that's not bad. That wasn't bad then. That was that was mm-hmm. what it was. And so mm-hmm. I think we just need to understand for ourselves what it is so that we can operate out of that space. That's true. I mean, we talk about, you know, how do you create a relationship, a marriage that goes beyond just having the sort of like the shared bank account, home, children, like what what takes your relationship to the next level? And it's this idea of having shared purpose and shared meaning. And what we're talking about is having that shared purpose of what are we doing here? And what is what is our relationship built on? And if it's built on this idea that we are we are co-parenting and we're amazing, where our goal in life is to basically be amazing parents, um, then you know where your primary focus is going to be in that marriage is raising up those children. The children are going to be the primary focus. But if your goal is to have an amazing um, uh, friendship and companionship, then you might end up lacking in the sexual area. I think it's mm. more where you put your put your focus, put your purpose, but know why you have that purpose and focus. And hopefully you're on the same page. Why are you smiling at me right now? Well, I'm just thinking of a joke, an old Sarah Silverman joke where she says, um, she goes, I really like kids and I like the idea of having kids, but what I really like is doing whatever I want, whenever I want. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like if your goal is of your marriage is to do whatever you want, whenever you want, maybe don't have kids. Yeah. Yep. That's probably a good idea. Um, hey, I got a jet. All right. Well, uh, what was the name of the book? Just so that our listeners can can pick it up and read it. It's called The All or Nothing Marriage by a guy named Eli Finkel, who I mentioned before on the podcast. Um, and I have to confess, I, I'm not reading it i'm listening to it which kind of hurts my heart why do you a little have bit. to confess that oh because you're a purist because i'm a purist and english major but okay. i was listening to it in uh in the car i had like seven hours in the car last weekend and i just uh kind of plowed through it but i didn't quite finish um awesome but yeah check it out i'd be interested if you read it to see what you think because um he's got some intriguing ideas about what it takes to be married in this era All right. Well, for those of you who are listening, we would love for you to send in some ideas and some questions that you're having. um, And also check out our Patreon page. We are still um, wanting patrons of Marriage Therapy Radio. So if you find value in this podcast, you think that we're kind of interesting to listen to and that we add uh, some interesting context to your marriage, then uh, send us us your dollar bills, (laughs) y'all. What is it? All right. 
Um, Dollar yeah. dollar bills. Take care, guys. All right. Bye. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this last episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. If you have any questions about relationships, send them our way. Send me an email to info at forbetter.us. And then as always, thank you so much for putting your time and your attention and your affection uh, towards your relationship and making it better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.